right, we are recording. It is Monday the 22nd. Have I got that right, Janet? You always catch me yes, on my day. Yeah. The 22nd <laughs> of February 2021. Um, and it is this week's Canary Cast, and we're joined by, well, my name is Cleo O'Flynn. Uh, Janet Anscombe is my co-host, and we are today joined by Carol Schleisman. And you are from Currencies Direct, but I think you're going to talk to us for a few minutes, kind of in slightly more of a personal capacity rather than promoting the company. Is that right? Absolutely. This, this isn't a, any sort of advert for our, our company. It's purely informative for, for the general public, um, not just potential clients that are thinking of moving money from one country to another, but also for the estate agents and perhaps the lawyers that they're working with. It, it's something that's new, which has been a, an after effect, obviously, of Brexit and the restrictions of movement and business. So it's important for everybody to know across the board. Okay. Well, so we talked to Janet, to Carolyn in a sec. And then Janet, I think you, I need you to bring us up to speed on new rules about entering into Spain and what that means for people's confusion about their status in Spain. So, I th and in fact, it's all kind of tied in, Janet, isn't it? It really is. These, these are all <clears throat> the ongoing effects of the double whammy of uh, Brexit and COVID, which are hitting at the same time and having well, it's a bit like the, the tentacles get everywhere, don't they? Whether we're talking about money or coming into the country or whether we're talking about face masks, they're all interrelated now. And so, yeah, we, we'll talk about the new entry rules towards the end of the programme um, because I, I think they do need a little bit of clarification. Um, but for the moment, I, I'm delighted Carol's been able to join us today and hopefully... We will all be a lot more. I was saying to Cleo the other day, Carol, that when it comes to money and financial matters, I desperately rely on experts like yourself because I figures just go in one ear and out of the other. I, I know my strengths and money matters are not one of them. So welcome. It, it's very nice to have you here. Basically, t please talk to us about Brexit, currency transfers and the law, which is why we need you here. So take it away. Well, thank you both for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to talk about this, because as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's not specific to our company. It's something that people need to know, whether they're resident in Spain, whether they're foreigners that are investing in property and they have any sort of currency requirements. So after Brexit, one of the other sort of side effects, shall we say, is that we didn't have the currency providers don't have the same freedom of movement as they have previously. And because the UK is no longer part of the EU, we all had to apply for licenses to be regulated and operate in Spain, for example, in this case. Now, previously, they have what they call the passport system, where you could have your business in the UK, but you could still offer the facilities and the services to people around Europe. But that came to an end after Brexit. There was a royal decree made on the 29th of December, which says that existing currency providers that are, have not got an EU license, they can in fact continue to look after their existing clients until the end of June this year. They cannot seek any new business and they can't go on with the existing clients from that period of time. So 
I know my business, um, you know, I've been in Tenerife for many years. I know the different companies that are operating here. And what we're trying to make the general public aware of is that they need to speak to their currency provider and check that they have most companies, probably like ourselves, um, prior to the, the end of last year, were sending notifications to our clients saying, be aware of the situation. This is our new license number for Spain. Our company is, is regulated by the Bank of Spain now. We have all our licenses. We actually had everything directly after the referendum. It was just a question of we couldn't bring them into, into action until Brexit actually took place. So if you're working with a currency provider, if you haven't heard anything from them regarding these changes, it's important you contact them and you ask them, have they got their EU license? If so, what is their EU number? And, and people have to do their own due diligence on this also, rather than just take anything for granted. And the reason for that is obviously, previously we were very heavily regulated, not only by the Bank of Spain, but by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. But going forward, clients that are in the UK and dealing with the UK company, they will still remain under, under the Financial Conduct Authority, those that were clients prior to the end of last year. Going forward, the new ones will be regulated by the Bank of España. Now, Spanish residents, if they are working with a company that does not have an EU license, they will not be covered by the FCA nor the Bank of Spain. So it, not to leave yourself open, vulnerable to any issues or any problems, we're just trying to make the general public plus the sort of people that are coming in contact with these clients aware. You know what the official bulletins and decrees are like. A lot of lawyers or agents will look at what refers to them directly and they perhaps miss something that's on the periphery of what, what's going on. So this is why it's very vital to discuss this and make people aware. Very simple question, Carol. Like Janet, I'm not financially uh au fait with terms and 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 luckily because i'm i'm not british you know any of my irish investments don't get affected by this i think i mean i'm hearing stories about people who say that suddenly bank transfers that they have as a regular standing order are now being charged extra that there's an extra payment on those bank transfers is that relevant here and i also wanted to kind of as, ask on top of that could this affect people's pension payments it, it is something that's relevant at the moment. We have discovered that a lot of people are being charged to receive any sums of money into their account, be it their pension, their living expenses, or obviously if they're buying a property. Now, this is where it gets confusing because not all banks are charging, not all branches of the same bank are charging. So you might find it's, it's branch specific rather than the bank as a whole. Um, without sort of naming names or, or casting aspersions on anybody's reputation, just to clarify the situation, the circuit transfers should be free. Now, some banks and some branches seem a little confused and are associating SEPA with the EU and Brexit. There have always been countries part of the SEPA agreement that were never part of the EU. Just explain SEPA, Carol, would you, for people like me who aren't sure? SEPA is just a swift transfer of payment within 
certain banks in certain countries that there shouldn't be any receiving charges. Um, so we've actually been working, we, we have issues going on with various banks to see why this is happening. And ourselves as a company, we've actually reimbursed the clients the charges until we can get the matter resolved because obviously we're confident this shouldn't be happening. Um, but it's very strange because as I said, some, some branches with the same bank are not making these charges. Um, the charges are varying from a percentage basis to a flat fee. We've heard 18 euros minimum, 21 euros minimum, and 0.4% of the amount that you're sending, which as you mentioned earlier, particularly for pensioners, that can be a substantial sum of their monthly living expenses. Um, so it is something not just ourselves, but many other large companies are looking into and taking up with the Bank of Spain and the various banks why they are making these changes. Yeah, I think it's the whole percentage thing is the one that frightens me, because as you say, with the pension, it can make a huge amount of difference. But just imagine somebody buying a house and transferring a huge sum of money, maybe a quarter of a million euros to buy a property here. That percentage suddenly runs into thousands just just as a charge so I think one thing I would say as you have very kindly not mentioned or not named any names I, I think it's fair to say isn't it Cleo that we, we would always advise people to get an expert in the field they need yeah. like yourself with Currencies Direct rather than rely on Say, for example, casting no aspersions, you're buying a property with an estate agent. They are not experts in transferring money. Mm -hmm. However decent and honest and honourable they might be, where you actually want to trust them and, and have everything done in-house, and it is something they do offer because it does make life a lot easier for people. But it shows how vital it is to have an independent professional expert dealing with something and not just take the easy route perhaps of saying, oh, well, you, you can take care of all that for me, can't you? Yeah. I think it's vital. Especially living in a country where Span Spanish, no matter how versed we might be in it, probably isn't our first language. I mean, I wouldn't dream of doing my taxes on my own. Whereas in Ireland, I, I just yeah. checked it and filled in and posted it off. Here, I'd rather pay an accountant because they know what they're doing. Um, because I've been caught out something that wasn't my fault but I was fine for something that happened in 2014 because I didn't read the small print um, and because I'm not from Spain and my Spanish might be good but it ain't that good I think it's always worth paying an expert in a field where you know you're not competent or 100% competent um, and you know having someone like Carol on in that regard or other other financial companies that we've dealt with you know um, exactly. like Levens Franks, who, who exactly. we talked to, who yeah. have their head offices in Malta. So I'm presuming that they will have an EU license or that they will, they would be the kind of big companies. But Carol, can I just ask, so would your advice be to anybody who has questions about this is pick up the phone, first of all, and ask the right questions? Absolutely. If, if they're already with an existing company and they haven't received an email or any communication referring to these changes in the EU licensing, give them a call. They should, it's a very simple question. Are your EU licenses in place? Are they applied for? If so, what are the details? They should be able to go to the Bank of Hispania website with that information okay. and check out the numbers. If they're not, they need to consider looking for another provider. 
Um, they need to have somebody that's familiar with how Spain works um, without blowing our own horn. This is one of our huge USPs. All of our team live and work in Spain. We've all had the issues in our own private lives in terms of what goes on with banking, with queues and how things are done. So we do have that added advantage that we, we know from personal experience what we're talking about. And as Janet said earlier, it, it's very true. People assume that perhaps their lawyer or their estate agent or somebody that they have confidence in, and there's no reason not to have confidence, they assume that they're also an expert on other areas. I have a lot of clients ask me about tax. And first thing I say is, I'm not your girl for this. You know, I know from my own experience what goes in my tax world. But for anything like this, you need to speak to somebody who's qualified to advise you. Don't be listening to the barroom barristers or your friend next door who did this and did that. And, you know, if you wanted heart surgery, you're not going to go and speak to your dentist about it. And you're not going to ask the guy in the bar who should do my open heart surgery. So speak to the people who know about the business. Um, they'll, they'll have the answers to your questions rather than you maybe taking the wrong advice and ending up absolutely in stuck. Sorry, that's a, a professional term. <laughs> that's a technical term, isn't it? That's the technical term for getting things absolutely in a mess, yes. <laughs> Can I also ask, because this is something I'm probably going to have to deal with uh, from September, um, is if I have to pay college fees in the United Kingdom, so I'm transferring from a Spanish Euro account into a UK sterling account, do I need to make the same kind of inquiries and follow a similar path, Carol? Absolutely. Whoever you work with, you need to just make sure that they are licensed to operate in Europe. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, if you end up working with a company that isn't regulated and they're dealing with clients in Europe, you are neither covered by the FCA nor the Banco de España. So you're leaving yourself vulnerable to any problems that might come in the future. Okay. Carol, um, I have no further questions right now, but I think I will be in touch with you <laughs> privately. Um, have you, I mean, is there anything, can you think of more we need that we can squeeze out of Carol today? I, I think we have covered the, the essential points that something Carol said really um, hit home that you know people do talk to their friends and their neighbors and they do talk to people in bars and we constantly say don't listen to them but it's very difficult if there's someone you've known for say 20 years and you live on the same complex and you go to the same person you know to be a professional and they say well I did this last year and this is what I did and this is how I did it and it really is easy you can do it on your own it's very it's asking a lot for someone not to take someone like that's word for something. But the important thing I would say is that we still need experts like Carol. She's absolutely right. Because what applied a year ago, how many times have we heard here? Oh, they've changed the rules again. The rules do change. And someone, however honorable, decent, truthful, respectable, however accurate they might be, it still only applies to their particular transaction whenever they did it mm. not someone who's dealing with it all the time who will know the any number of changes that have taken place in the meantime so it is 
worth stressing that even though our natural inclination is to trust people we know and like and have confidence in, we still need those independent experts. Yeah. And, and, and for that, I'm really grateful. And to pay them to do a good job for us. Absolutely. I mean, it's, absolutely. Speaking of listening to the guy or girl in the bar or the complex who did it last year or knows how to get somebody in and out of this country. One of the things that, as people will know, has infuriated me recently and you, Janet, I don't know about you, Carol, is people who just seem determined to find ways to kind of sneak in to the Canary Islands because they, they want to pop over for a holiday. Um, and, you know, I appreciate I live in a place that has a daily temperature of 18 or 19 or 22 degrees. There are downsides. To I don't. I don't. Well, <laughs> but, we're, you know, we've also been as isolated here as anybody. We haven't left the island for over a year. Um, but the latest one, which again is causing some confusion, was now, you'll need to explain this, Janet, but I think it was a move by the British government or the Spanish government on what constitutes a resident or a residency applicant. Can you explain that one to me? Yes, of course. At the moment, Spain has a ban on non-resident arrivals coming direct from the UK by boat or plane. Most because of COVID. Plane. Because of COVID. And because of the outbreak figures in the UK and the variants that were coming, Spain put a ban on, it's not the only country, Spain has now also done the same thing with Brazil and not quite sure, Portugal, Saudi Arabia, I can't South remember, Africa. there's one other country. Yeah. South Africa, that's it, South Africa. Um, so they said only residents in, and the way you prove legal residency in Spain is by having registered with the police and being in possession of a certificate de registro or the new tier, which is the identity card given to all third country now. In January, it became obvious that many people had, well, not many, but a significant number, had come over towards the end of last year to register or were looking to register before the end of the transition period while they could still register under conditions that applied to EU nationals. Mm -hmm. Then they went back to the UK for Christmas. Or some of them hadn't actually moved over, but were planning to, say, in February or March, and they wanted to get their application in early. And they found that all they had was proof of applying for res residence, not the actual documents in their hand. And it was only with these documents that you were allowed in. So the British government pressured Spain to allow these people in if they could show they had applied for residence and were genuinely going to be living in the country and had done so within the transition period. So Spain said, okay, 4th to 11th of January, if you've got proof you've applied, then you can come in with your bit of paper showing that even though you don't have, but only for that one week. Mm -hmm. Out of the blue last week, they said, okay, well, we've changed the rules now because you can come in with a tier or a registro or proof that you've applied or an empadronomia or a rental contract or an escritura as well. Nobody knows why they've made it. But the key point is that all of these documents in Spain's mind are an ex what they will accept as proof of residence. They are not for anybody who's ever bought a property to come in. And Spain isn't saying you can come in with an escritura. They are saying if your escritura 
credibly evidences that you live in Spain. We will accept that as proof. Okay. Now, most people, most people who've bought a property here who don't live here will have an address in the escritura, virtually on the front page, that says where they really live. And so if your escritura shows an address in Tenerife or in Spain, obviously they will let you in with it because you have a notarized <laughs> document showing you live here. But if, for example, you bought a, an apartment in Cayo Salvaje and you actually live in St. Albans and on the front page of your escritura, it says you now own this property and your habitual residence is number one Mount Street, Norwich or wherever, you, they're not gonna let you in. And they are going to notice. <laughs> it's not something they're not going to notice because the only reason you would be presenting an escritura is because you don't have the TIA or the registrar. Okay. Because this is an alternative. And so because it's being used as an alternative, they're going to check. Would it be fair of me to say that certainly on social media, the group who seem to be most upset, stroke, outraged, uh, stroke incredulous about this their, their lack of right to stay in Spain for as long as they like even though they're British residents are property owners or people who have property here that many of them felt that that would give them an automatic right to ignore the 90 day in 180 stay rule and stay as long as they like I mean would I be right in saying they are the group identifiable as most annoyed yes and will they think that this is that simple? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a very long question with a short answer. Yes. They, they, are, they are furious. And some of them, I will openly say here and now, are becoming quite abusive. And <laughs> I'm, to me personally, not just to me, not just to me, to others. And I'm in contact with various other people in a similar sort of position who are getting the same. It's almost like, People, not just here either, in the UK as well, people seem to have hit some sort of brick wall. I don't know what it is about the last week. And it could be entirely coincidental that it coincides with Carnival here and Tier 2. And I don't know, but people who own property, it's a, it's a constant theme for me. But I own property. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. So do I. So do you. So does any number of other people. I don't expect extra rights just because I own a property. I'm legally resident here and residence is a different thing to owning property. Carol, do it's, you- It's that thing. I'm just wondering getting if that across with, is very with, with currencies and with financial clients, or do you hear that similar kind of complaint in your day-to-day -day business, Carol? Frequently. And the awful thing is, and we go back to people taking advice from friends and unqualified sources and we hear it all the time um, I've, I've heard many people come into our office and say well we're just going to stay here we're going to stay in Tenerife until things get better in the UK and I mean when I listened to your podcast with Charmaine previously that was perfect I have shared that I have spoken to people about it and said you know don't make assumptions it's not the same. You still have your access to come to Tenerife, but now your time here is restricted. So you can work it out accordingly. And exactly, you cannot just decide, 
when there's better here and things are still a bit difficult in the UK, I'm just going to stay in Tenerife until things get better. And I have emphasised that to not only clients, but potential clients that I've come in contact with. This isn't new information, but as we said, people tend to believe what they like to hear rather than take the genuine information. And I also come across a lot, well, you know, what are the canaries going to do without all of us? You know, how are they going to manage with that? They're shooting themselves in the foot. Well... I mean, I, people will know I'm back at work in Adeche. Um, I hope I'm not breaching confidentiality by saying that, I mean, there are moves now for Adeche, for instance, to have constructive talks with the British Consul because they want to try and, I'm not going to say they're going to try and change rules, but they want to make life easier. And also, I think, maybe clarify issues. Because certainly one of the things that I've found, because I do this podcast but also work with the councils and stuff is that perhaps there hasn't been clear information given to people who work in local Spanish administrations either and that's caused problems too while you know a lot of British people mightn't have received the right information or even possibly ignored it I think you'll have people who are working in local padron offices uh, citizen offices who haven't got the right instructions from Madrid so they're also not sure how to deal with people who want to to get on the padron or people who believe they have the right to be residents so I'm hoping before the end of March because that's the first 90-day period cutoff isn't it that before the end of yes. March both sides maybe will be able to be clearer with their information that would make some sense wouldn't it Janet um, oh, yes, all I was going to say was that um, it, it strikes home, doesn't it, with what Carol was saying earlier about some branches of banks doing their own thing and doing differently. So e even within that sort of system where you think, well, OK, you've got BBVA doing one thing and La Caixa doing something else and Santander doing something else, you can sort of get your head around the fact that a, a whole bank might have misinterpreted rules. But when it comes down to the branch in Los Cristianos is doing one thing and the branch in Las Gaetas is doing something else. It, it's down to consistency and communication. And that is something I, I know that Cleo and I both value the, the podcast for because it does give us half an hour a week to, to attempt to clarify and get the information out to people because there can be this confusion in people's minds and, and within institutions. Exactly. Carol, I mean, it... I, I agree that there has been a lack of information in some areas, but what I'm finding is a lot of people will say to me, well, you know, if I become resident in Spain, um, my tax situation, the tax is going to be higher. And again, as I said to you before, I'm not a tax expert. Well, if you have a financial advisor, Speak to them, don't make that assumption, have a chat with them. You may be 100% correct, but you might be wrong. Um, because I know there's a difference between being fiscally resident and physically resident. So speak to the experts, don't jump on board, you know, just say, well, this is my personal situation. This is what I have, what I do, whatever you want to tell them. It, it's, it's all in confidence to your financial advisor, um, but ask them the questions because you might be pleasantly surprised. But again, don't say, well, my friend does this and he's got a house like me here. 
get it from the horse's mouth and then make your educated choice once you've got all the facts. I think ultimately, even, even if people have, and, and most people offer initial consultations without a fee, but even if it comes to paying a fee, of, of, I don't know, random figure, 100 euros, if it's going to save you several tens of thousands because you actually get something right, it is money well spent. So don't try to penny pinch and take someone's free advice because if they get it wrong, it could cost you 10 times what you think you've saved and cause no end of problems. And I think we all know that one particular sort of paperwork problem here can take 10 years to unravel. And I mean, what I was going to say was, I have in the past been as guilty as many people of adopting the ostrich approach, head in the sand. Um, but as Carol says, quite often, once you kind of take a deep breath and decide to seek professional advice about something legal or financial, it's actually not as bad as you think it's going to be. Um, and once you have it sorted, it's like this huge weight is off your shoulders. And, and as Janet's saying, if you have it done by a professionally accredited registered company, you also then have legal recourse to say, these people did this for me, therefore they need to sort it out for me if it hasn't been done properly. So it really is um, giving you an added security, I think, when it comes to matters legal, financial, I don't know, in terms of property, in terms of like even things like childcare or separations or deeds, you know, it really does pay to seek professional advice. Yes, and I think the days of ostriches are over for many British people because the ramifications now and the potential consequences when things go wrong without the protection of being EU nationals within the EU, the potential is there for problems to be worsened. So it's even more important now, I would think, for British people not to be burying their heads in the sand, even if they did before. I would say, without giving away my age too much, but I remember the days when you had to have the permiso de trabajo to be here. And if you were caught working without it, you, you were not only expelled from Spain, but from Europe. You know, and yeah. okay, yes, we, we had that part of the EU where we had freedom of movement, employment, etc., etc. But for whatever reason, the majority of people decided they didn't want that anymore. So yes, there are going to be pros and cons and consequences. Um, and one of the strange things I find is a lot of the people that actually spend most of their time here, not just Tenerife, but the islands, um, a lot of them were the ones that voted for this and now are dissatisfied with the repercussions. And I, I do think you're quite right that some people weren't made aware they had a specific thing in their minds why they voted the way they did and perhaps weren't made aware of what these repercussions would be. Carol we're coming to the end um, you've been so kind to give us your time so please feel free to let us know where people can contact you if they would like to. Yes we have our offices in Los Cristianos um, in Los Ceres um, I have my email address is very simple. It's canaries, I-E-S, at currencies.direct.com. Um, or you can call our office on 922-971-781. Brilliant. No obligation. Won't claim to be able to tell you anything about your taxes or your um, T's or anything similar. But as far as the currency side of things, that's what we're here to do is to help. 
and it's always a no obligation visit have a chat with us if we can help you that's great if we can't help you that's fine also but at least you know what your options are super and for those who don't know where Los Ferris is if you think of the El Mirador strip and you've got your back to the sea and you've got the Mongolian place on your right and you are looking up the hill towards Dynastia you will walk up there and you'll go past the Passarella commercial center on your right and if you look left at that point you will see Currencies Direct. We have a big orange uh, canopy outside it looks like an easy jet office. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Schleisman and I started our friendship on, in Island Connections then, all those many years ago, 20 years ago. That's Harold frightening, isn't it? And we don't day. look a day older. No, I <laughs> joy of the Zoom filter. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. To the listeners, I know when three of us are on Zoom, and I am the interrupter-in-chief, and I, am, I wear this label now, I... I acknowledge it. I'm not going to say I wear it with pride. So forgive me for having interrupted both of you during the conversation. But Carol, it has been so useful to have you along today. And thank you so much for finding the time to join us. And I think we're going to be coming. Thank up you. My pleasure. So from everybody, Janice, you want to say goodbye? <laughs> yes, I'll say goodbye to everybody and thanking Carol. It's been helpful and helpful and so informative. Yes, love to see thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Take care, both of you. Stay safe.